For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Good afternoon, good evening, everybody. This is Charlene Anderson, your wholesale sourcing expert, here on August 15th, 2018, with podcast number 80. It's a nice round number. I like that. We have two guests with us today, two group members who have um, quite a lot of experience in e-commerce, so I wanted to pick their brain and learn something from them, and, and I hope you want to, too. I have with us two, Gary and Linda Plines from Ohio, who are e-commerce sellers on pretty much all platforms. They've been doing this full-time for 15 years, so they know of what they speak. So welcome, guys. Hi, Charlene. It's Sharon Plinus. Hi, it's Gary. Oh, Plinus. I'm sorry. I mispronounced oh. Plinus. Okay. I will never do that one again. I apologize. Oh, I, I, you actually called me Linda. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Um <laughs> Can I start this all over, please? Um, yeah, that is. Oh, I'm. I'm just. Uh, I'm. I'm so sorry. I'm kind of a, still of a bit of a mess right now. So uh, That's, must be that medication. <laughs> yeah, I hurt my back carrying my dog, so um, I'm on some. Yeah, some good stuff. So my apologies, Sharon and Gary. You are from Ohio, though, right? Yes, that's true. We are. Okay. At least I got that part right. So we're going to jump right in with with um, the show because we have a ton to cover. The first thing I wanted to learn about, because I've always wanted to go but haven't, is eBay Open in Las Vegas. Can you guys tell us what it is and what it's about? So this was the third time eBay had the eBay Open. Um, and all three of them have been in Las Vegas. They're yearly. Years ago, it used to be eBay Live, eBay on location, all those kind of things. eBay radio party conferences, which weren't really truly eBay, but we've gone to lots of them over the years. You know, we've been going to live events from eBay for probably as long as we've been doing eBay, probably down, you know, 12, 15 years. And um, so, yeah, that we just came back. It was towards the end of June at the Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. And what kind of sellers go to this? Is it all like really high-end professional sellers? or uh, It used to be years ago, eBay Open would um, draw the faithful. You know, a lot of it was the, the mom and pop, a lot of people that sell collectibles, you know, the kind that if you ever listen to their old podcast, eBay radio podcast, they, it'd be those kind of people, you know, Jason T. Smith, and um, I'm trying to think of some of the other, Donna Crawford, and you know, a lot of the big eBay gurus. But uh, this year, they actually said 80% that came of the 2,000 people were actually new people that had never been to eBay um, Live or uh, eBay Opens or any of those before. So, um, and it's also, so like I said, so you, you get, get a lot of the diehard eBay people that have been doing eBay lots and lots of years. And you also get, you know, like I said, some, some of the new people too. So, so it's a nice cross section. It's not just the same 
you know, you, you know how we are in groups, the same people pop up everywhere. So you got to meet a lot of new people. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were walking to get breakfast the, the, the first morning we were there. We stayed elsewhere. So we didn't stay at the Mandalay Bay. We stayed at the Excalibur within walking distance. And um, as we were walking, I was sporting one of my eBay shirts, you know. So I figured, you know, it's always a good way to, to, to meet people. And we ran into somebody from, I believe she was from Minnesota. She sold auto parts. And um, we just spoke, we, we, we got a chat going with her on the way to, to McDonald's. And she actually became one of our best friends for the whole conference. And uh, we were able to introduce her to other people that we knew, like Hubcat Joe that sells auto parts. And uh, so, yeah, so you know, you got a lot of the, the, the uh, you know, people that we know, you know, our friends from way back when, plus a lot of the really new people, too, or newish to, you know, eBay also, too. That's really nice, because to me, that's like the best part of any events is, is meeting people in ways you don't expect to, you know, like walking to McDonald's for breakfast. Right. That's right. Yeah. So, yep. in or, addition you know, to these networks, go ahead. Or, or like you know, if you're at a at a eBay sponsored party, you know they threw a big party at the bowling alley. You know it was crazy and loud, but everybody there was for the same thing. You know all eBay people. You know. Um, yeah, and I think eBay is is in a tough place right now. They they're not quite sure what they want to be or how they want to be. So that's hard on sellers. You know, do they want to be another Amazon with catalog pages or do they want to be the one-off collectible place? So anytime you can get together with people who are facing the same issues, it's really nice. Yeah, I mean, we heard a lot of Amazon, obviously. Um, pretty much everybody there is multi-channel, except for maybe a few of the diehard collectible sellers. And we didn't really hang with them. Most of our crowd are, are people like us that do sell on all the other channels, too. And, uh, yeah. Um, so in addition to these great networking things, do they have classes and speeches and all those kind of things? Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they had a lot of – they call them workshops. And if you go to ebayopen.com and sign in, you can actually see – I don't think they have the workshops up yet. I think they're supposed to be up there. But if you enter your, your name or your selling – I think you have to put your selling ID up there too or maybe an eBay account ID – but if you do that, you can actually see a lot of the content that, that was recorded live. But um, oh, that's actually, good. we didn't attend a lot of the workshops because we knew that they would be recorded and you could listen to them later. Uh, we, we went there for the networking, for meeting people, meet, sellers, meeting um, eBay employees, and meeting vendors. Were you going to say something, Gary, Which, earlier? Oh, I forgot. Oh, he forgot. Okay, yeah. sorry, Gary. <laughs> well, Gary, Joe's saying. The yeah, no, I was going to talk about the networking when you talk about meeting people because it's it's really an opportunity, um, you know, to, when you're meeting other sellers, you got all that networking of other sellers, and and you could learn no matter how many years you've been selling, you could always learn something from somebody else. So we always see people, like I say, the same group of people. We run into old friends, but we always meet new people every time we go to one of these events. So, but yeah, but the other thing about networking, which is really good at eBay Open, is they had how many different eBay employees were there? Two hundred. I thought they yeah, had. They had about two fifty, I think. Two hundred fifty eBay employees, and they were from all different parts of eBay in different departments and and uh, facets. So you get to interact with them, ask them questions, 
you know, learn some things about the, the eBay, you know, screens and, and uh, managing your orders and things like that, that you wouldn't know, you know, because you don't find those things out normally, you know, but unless you talk to somebody like that. So they're just like walking around with name tags so you can approach them or are they like in booths or how is that set up? They, they, uh, they all had, uh, you know, they had a similar uh, type of shirt that they all wore. Um, a certain color was eBay employees. And then they had uh, volunteers for the event that actually wore a different colored shirt. So you could tell which people were volunteers just for the event that don't work for eBay. But you could actually tell who the eBay uh, employees were as well. That sounds like an awesome opportunity. I don't want to say totally unguarded because people in that position are always somewhat guarded, but you can get like the real deal, right? Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, you've got... Uh, so you know, you mentioned booths. So you know, they where they had the vendors set up, eBay also had a series of booths. And while the way they have it organized is always a little bit, you got to figure out what they're doing. Like you say, well, I really want to talk about uh, Seller Hub, or I want to talk about the order page, or payments, or uh, promoted listing. You just got to go figure out which where those people are standing and which booth they're mm -hmm. at. And then you just have to go up to the booth and you ask for somebody. Well, in our case, we've been doing this so long. We go, hey, I want to speak to Christy. She around, you know? Or um, oh, that's know, I mean, awesome. You know, I mean, I became good friends both with Hal before he left, Hal Lawton, um, and with uh, Bob Cuppins. He's the new another VP. So I mean, we even know the VP level. We've been doing this for so long. I think it's really, really useful. You may not ever need it, hopefully, but to have those contacts inside is so big, you know. Oh, definitely. It's, yeah. And and I I I harp on this a lot about relationship building, but that's what business ends up being in one way or another. You have to build relationships with all people in your business, so your customers, um, the people who run the marketplaces you're on, your suppliers. Your UPS man, the lady at the post office, all it's all about building those relationships. And this is a great opportunity. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, and we, we took full advantage. In fact, you know, um, we're part of the concierge program for customer service. And that was something that was given to us last year at eBay Open. It was also the, the people that went this year. And so it's an upgraded level of support. Uh, a couple years back, we had an anchor store, a bigger store on eBay, which gives mm -hmm. you like 10,000 free listings a month. We're we're smaller than that now. Our our eBay presence has been shrinking to the point where you know you, I wondered, do we want to go? And of course, Gary's like, yeah, we got to go, you know. And I won't I won't doubt. He's laughing. I won't doubt it. Well, I mean, we were actually in Las Vegas for 10 days, 10 days straight. So because we did um, eBay Open followed by a little trip to the Grand Canyon, followed by ASD and the Las Vegas market. We were pretty well fried by the time we left Las Vegas. I was going to we say, were... you didn't know whether it was day or night, did you, oh, at the gosh. end of that? It's like, oh, gosh. I have... we, we, we've been gone so long, we didn't even remember where home was. We're like, it's not Vegas, is it? Because we had moved <laughs> around so many hotels because we were at so many different shows and different things. But And oh, yeah. we never... For 10 days, we didn't even eat a meal by ourselves. We, you know, we networked with everybody everywhere we went. So it was, 
it was a valuable experience. And so my thought is, is if, if my business is running at least 30, 40, 50% eBay, which is less than Amazon and less than, you know, it's our second, second biggest channel, even at that point, I'm still going to go because, you know, where I doubted it this year and, you know, and some, and part of, part of probably was the doubting was when, you know, they lost our pictures, you know, but by then we had already committed. We decided we bought our tickets and um, they've had obviously had a lot of glitches this summer. And they apologized for it. If anybody watches any of the um, the videos out there from, from the show, you hear Bob Cuppins and you hear Devin uh, Wenig, you know, saying, look, I'm sorry. You know, it's inexcusable. You know, we messed up kind of thing. Yeah, Mary Jo said the videos just went up yesterday. So everybody can go have a look at those. So what's the concierge service you're talking about? I love concierges of anything. So what is this with eBay? So basically, um, most people get seller support from overseas, the Philippines, whether it's buyers or sellers. Years ago, we had a, we were top rated, and even before they get brought out the anchor store, we have always had good support. We have always called somebody in the U.S. Kind of like our phone number got directed to good service, and I don't know mm-hmm. if you – have you ever had to call in for support? Are you getting a U.S.-based person, or do you get people, say, from the Philippines? I, I call- get off uh- – so, you know, luckily I don't have to call in that much, like once every couple months, but mine are overseas agents, definitely. Yeah, yeah, right. And so they actually, so they came up with this concierge program, what, maybe a year and a half ago. About a year and a half. Yeah, it was right before, it was a couple months before eBay opened, and they say they have a good one million people in the program, but a lot of it is their top buyers. So if you've got somebody that buys a lot on the platform, they actually give them really good service too, which is good, you know, because that's yes, the bread and butter. Exactly. And so if they have a if they're a top buyer and they're having a trouble with sellers or a seller, you probably figure, wow, the buyer's probably right, you know. I mean, well, that's the assumption is that the buyer's right. But so anyhow, um, we were actually we were in the anchor support as of le- a year ago, and when our anchor support came up for renewal. Um, I was paying, we were probably paying quite a bit more, maybe $80, $100 a month more for the anchor support and the anchor store. And I didn't want to give up the good level of service because I don't call in, I probably call in twice a month, maybe. I don't call in a lot. Mm -hmm. um, But, you know, I, when I call in, I want, I want my problem fixed. You know, I don't, you know, I hope not to be on hold forever and that kind of thing. And so I, I thought long and hard before I gave up the anchor support and anchor store and I asked them, I said, you know, we were offered, it was funny because when we were offered the concierge program, Anchor Support wanted to keep us and concierge wanted to get us. It was very interesting. It's like, huh, do you guys <laughs> fighting over They us. were fighting over us. And so I talked to both. And for the first few months, I decided to stay with my Anchor Support. I was paying for it with my Anchor Store. But then uh, I gave up the Anchor Store. I went down to a premium store. I'm saving maybe $80 a month by that. And I'm getting... It's it's the, the funny thing is the service isn't as good as the anchor support because my anchor anchor support was just for really big sellers. Obviously, if they're giving mm-hmm. you ten thousand listings and you're paying right. you know three hundred a month, because we have a lot of listings. They're coming down because a lot of our really old listings on eBay were one book. Well, we don't buy book one book anymore. You know, or we don't go you know exactly. Yes, yes, we buy wholesale. So now most of our things are a case quantity of something. So we have less SKUs. Um, then, then, and, and a lot of our, our more and more of our inventory is, you know, going towards Amazon too. But you know, in the past, we we've lost our Amazon account in the past. So years ago, we got it back. 
so it's it's good to be multi-channel. You know, it's you I know, totally you agree. Yeah, and so we do want to keep our eBay, and we oh, and eBay is good because there's certain things that don't sell on Amazon and sell really good on eBay, and vice versa. And uh, exactly, exactly. So, so yeah. So, so could, how could we get it? Could we like ask them for it? This concierge service, or maybe I don't know. I mean, because when you call the people in the Philippines, are starting to realize, you know, what concierge is. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good question because you sell you sell a lot. You know, I mean, you're kind of a, you know a bigger... what? I've been selling forever on eBay since oh. it started. I've been selling yeah. on eBay. Um, right, I don't right. sell a lot anymore. I sell enough yeah. to. Um, to keep, you know, my uh, power cell, well, whatever it's called now, it was power cell, you know, those levels. And then I'm a top-rated seller. And I have to admit, when Vendio lost all of my eBay listings and I had to redo them all from scratch, I looked this morning, my eBay sales are up 107%. That could be because maybe the listings needed to be fixed and I was just too lazy to (laughs) do it, you know? We used Vendio years Uh ago, too, and they put all kinds of, code and html and stuff on the back end that you couldn't see but is also you know which is a problem with uh with not only ebay but google in the search engine and stuff like that so your a lot of your listings were probably suppressed yeah it could be and you know i was concentrating on amazon so much i just did the bare minimum on ebay so that's a big lesson don't do the bare minimum don't do what i did and just assume (laughs) everything's okay you know, I mean, yeah. 107% increase, that's pretty good, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, sure. You'll take right. that money. I'll take it. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's all the same products. It's not like I have new products. And fortunately, I had all the images saved in Dropbox and all that. So, um, And they're all wholesale things. So it was definitely worth redoing because I just, you know, have them. The whole uh, workflow has changed. Keeping track of stuff is a bit different. I don't think I'm spending any more time than I was with Vendio. But since my sales are better, I'm happy. And you're paying less money because Vendio was not cheap. You uh, you know what? I That is the first thing I thought. I'm saving like $150 a month. So, okay, that's worth a few hours extra of time. Well, it's not a few hours. It's maybe an hour more a month, it seems to be now. So that's worth it. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, well, you're so talking anyway. about going back, going back to concierge. Another yeah. way you can get customer support is to do eBay for Business, the Facebook group. Have you ever heard of that, Charlene? I'm in it. Yeah, I'm in it. Okay. But what you can do if if you want customer service, you can message them and you put your ID and they'll ask you your phone number, your address, that kind of thing to make sure you are who you are. And they are high level. Um, they're they're good support too. They're probably just almost as good as concierge. And you can you don't have to call on the phone and talk to somebody in the Philippines either. Oh, that's okay. That's worth the whole podcast. We can stop now. Right. Um, well, so, guys, if you are selling, if you're selling on eBay, join the that Facebook group. That's fabulous to know. Yeah, not only join it though, but message them when you have a problem. They, okay. they have been really busy. People have said that it used to take a day or two to hear back from them, and now it took uh, it takes a week sometimes. So it's they're they're a little busy, but um, well, you know what we did when we had a problem with our eBay account when we were on our cruise. Um, we we went five days. We were on the water going to Hawaii from Vancouver, and five days mm-hmm. there and five days back. And it would have been real expensive to call eBay. So I had a yeah. problem that yeah, and I actually went and um, I I did everything for eBay for business right there. 
So it's definitely something you ought to look into. And maybe you could ask them too. Maybe you ask them nicely is, you know, I've been selling since 1996. Can I get a concierge service? You never know. They might say, okay. You know, maybe. Yeah, right. What, what's the worst they can say? No. And then you're no, right that's, where you started. I'm sure it's, they probably put you right in. It's worth a shot, you know. I, um, that's what, as soon as we're done, I'm going to try it, and I will report back in the group how it went. Because yeah. anything to make the support easier is what I'm after, you know. Oh, sure. Yep. And we do, sometimes we do both, but a lot of times you really need to talk to somebody. Um, even mm-hmm. if you got to talk that you got to hold their hand and you know you know the rules better than they do unfortunately in a lot of cases um so yeah well it's, the thing about that is you know it's mobile you're, you're on your phone you could send a message to ebay for business you know when it's convenient you know maybe you don't have time to make a call you don't have time to be on hold you know but you can get get something started by sending them a message while you're on the go or or like exactly we are where you don't have uh phone service you know Good to know. So, so my next question, because this is what I think I would love about eBay Live, besides the people, eBay Live. See, I'm old. I'm calling it that. eBay Open. Um, yeah, yeah. Is um, vendors like? Are there lots of vendors? A few vendors, and what kind of vendors are there? Um, there were, I think, maybe, maybe thirty or forty. Thirty and forty. Yeah, somewhere in there. So they were the likes of, of course, FedEx, UPS. Was Wait. UPS there? I think so. I, I know I mean, the they, postal you have big companies there. like that that you know do the shipping solutions, and then you got a lot of other support companies that help you manage your business. Ah, Shopify. I know you're a big new Shopify right. person, right? Uh, they were I there. new. Yep. Yeah, they were. <laughs> Gary, Gary went and talked to them for quite some time. I went elsewhere because yeah. he's our Shopify expert. Yeah. Um, uh, what else do we think we saw over there? I mean, you got multiple uh, companies that, that help you do shipping and print and labels, so you have different options there that may or may not work for your company, depending on what you're trying to do. Um, there's other companies that uh, help you sell on multi-channels and things like that. I you think, know, was it Joe Lister? Um, there was a couple of places there. I mean, there's lots of different companies, and, and you just have to, you know, some work better for than others. Um but uh, and you know then there was like companies like bulk. If you're looking to source inventory, even you could buy, uh, you know, uh, buy buy product from bulk or something. I mean, so there's there's lots of different variety of the type of, of vendors that are there. Well, and here's a good question: Was was Vendio there? No, Vendio no. was not there. They actually have there. Not you seen go. Now years. Now we yeah we remember seeing them at ASD probably last we saw them seven or eight years ago maybe. Six years ago, I don't know. But, well, even we use Ecom Dash. They weren't there. They didn't have a lot of the Skewvana, Skew Lab, or they had Seller Lab, mm-hmm. didn't they? Yeah, yeah they so. had a couple different companies. So, so I, mean, I mean, it was, yeah, there were some. There were some companies that help you manage your inventory, you know. So there's different, you know, they always have different solutions for different, you know, parts of your business. And, but it seems like mm-hmm. it's a different vendors each year. Um, it's not always the same vendors every year after year after year. So it's. You get a different, you know, the people that were there last year at eBay Open, I know there was different vendors this year than there was last year mm-hmm. even. So, Well, like Alvera, I think it's called Alvera. They do this tax. Oh, the tax uh, sales tax people. Yes, tax vendor companies. There, there's all kinds of stuff there. Yeah, they didn't have the other. What was the other one called, the other sales tax? Tax jar. Tax jar, tax jar yeah, was tax not jar. there. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's, 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 it's quite a collection, you know, and, and they did say, now this is, like I said, it's been there three years in Vegas so far. And they were asking participants, would you like it somewhere else? So No. Thought, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. 
So we don't know what they're going to do next year yet. You know, uh, some people have asked for it to be on the East Coast. Some people have asked for, say, Orlando, Atlanta. Um, But who knows? For them, Vegas is cheap. It's easy for them to bring their employees in. Yeah, Vegas is cheap for most people. You know, know, probably having been to, like, dozens of trade shows over the past few years, Vegas is the best place to have it just because hotels are accessible in all price points. And airfare is probably as reasonable as you'll get flying anywhere. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. People say, I want it closer to home. I live on the East Coast. Once you're on the plane, what's another hour? If the price is the same, you know. So you fly right. to Chicago from, from New York or you fly to Vegas. So that's about two hours difference. So if the price is the same, once you're on the plane, it really doesn't matter, does it? I mean, um, <laughs> Well, then you got to look at eBay's cost. They got to get all those employees there. They got to do the management of the of the event. So it's it's a little bit cheaper for them to to manage it in Vegas than elsewhere on the East Coast or something, probably. But like oh, I say, you never definitely. But I did talk to actually. Yeah, I did. I well. So then you talk about relationships. So I had gone in. They also did this called. They called it a Biz Boost this year, which is a, an account. They look at your account. And you have to sign up, or if you forget to sign up, you go wait in line and you get an appointment. And it's a 15-minute appointment, and they already have some paperwork on you. So, you know, they know your, your username. They can look at some listings. They have um, – they do, like, this one-pager. And they this one-page thing that they showed us at the show, and they've done this in the previous years, where everybody is looking at the same thing. You know, for your it's obviously customized to your company. And let's see where my one pager went. But the funny thing about the one pager was, in years past, they've actually handed it to you on your way out the door kind of thing of your, your review. And uh-huh. people would lose it. You would have your company name on it. Um, and so what they did this year is they did not hand it out. And uh, so we never got ours. And so and I emailed, I ended up emailing, his, his name's Andy. And I when when I had asked a question in the booth, I said, you know, I really liked uh, Anchor Support better than Concierge. And they said, well, let me give you Andy. Andy was in charge of Concierge, in charge of Anchor Support, and something called MSO, which are like the really big companies like Walmart and Target, Mm -hmm. and so I talked to Andy. And so, you know, I had Andy's email. So when I didn't get my paperwork, I said, Andy, no paperwork. And actually, I was listening to this podcast, and this lady, I don't even know who she was on the, you know, I was just watching some YouTube video, and she's like, I didn't get mine either. And so I messaged, yeah, it was at least one other person that didn't get it, because they just forgot to send it. And so I had Andy's, you know, email, and Andy emailed me back, he gave me somebody else who followed up, she did me a new one, she's like, here's your, here's your old one from a month ago, and here's a new one. We talked on the phone for half an hour. I mean, so yeah, I have another contact at Salt Lake City. Yeah, so, exactly. You, Those, that's golden. That is just like, that's golden. The thing about this one pager, it told you all the things you were doing good. Oh, there's and all one the pager. Things, okay. And all the things maybe you're, you're doing not so good. You know, so like um, if you got some problems with your categories, it, it tells you you need to, you know, like I said, we had 17% of our categories were other. You said you need to change those other categories into something, you know, even though it's in a certain, it's in the correct, you know, upper category, the lowest, lower category is like an other category. And eBay right. doesn't like other categories. So they said 17% ah. of the listings, 
17% of our listings were in other. Now, if I change that, and that's one of my projects now coming back from from uh, eBay Open, is to update our categories on those 17%, which for us is a couple hundred items. But then we're going to show up better in search on those couple hundred items, so that should help our sales. Um, there was okay, also guys, like- listening, I want to I reinforce that before we go on to something else, because that's huge. Because I know I put some of mine in, you know, Knitting supplies, knitting needles, other. So I just right. need to get get those out of that other. So yeah. if you guys listening, and that's huge. Yeah, as long Here. as it's in the right category. But even if the that last third or fourth level category is not a perfect match, but it's something Close other enough. than the word other in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just get rid okay. of the word other. That, and, and, oh, and that's awesome. Category. Your store category could be whatever you want. And then matter. there's another thing to bring up, too, because I'm like, there's no way we did 17% other. But I don't know. I know you just redid all your listings. But eBay does these category changes. They just did one right after eBay opened. It was early August, late July. And basically, they would take out a subcategory. So, like, we sell stuffed animals. The very last one might be Batman. Well, they got rid of Batman, and they made them. Um, you know, Batman and Friends. Well, Batman's gone, so then they stick you in the other yeah, category. So you don't so, even know it if, unless you, you go to look. Or so even if, even if you weren't one to put things in other, which we did put some in others, but not 17%. And, yeah, that's um, a fifth. Yeah, it was crazy. And the, the lady called me back. She goes, oh, you have now have 15%. I said, well, I guess Gary didn't fix them yet. <laughs> so, well, yeah. you know. so how do we find out? Is, the, is there a report or something we could pull to see what categories our things are in? Well, yes and no. I mean, yes, there is a report, but you have to be a little computer savvy. There's You can do file exchange or file downloads, which um, – you can go to and, and download um, all your current listings, your active listings, your sold listings, whatever. But you basically go uh, uh, in the menu structure somewhere, you go to, to file uh, downloads, and then you would have to look for active listings. And then you kick a couple of clicks, and then you actually download the file. It takes a little bit to uh, to download, but then it emails you when, you're, when it's done. But, um, but then... In that in that structure, one of the columns is in there is your is your uh, category, and then you could then filter that in a spreadsheet and look for anything that says the word other. That's what, kind of what I'm doing. And then you know, okay. hopefully, if it's a couple, then you can manually fix them. But in our case, we have hundreds of them, so I'm going through the process of how to uh, to correct that with with another file, so I don't have to manually go through 200 listings. I do like a file yeah, upload. Upload. There's a way to do it, but it takes a little work, and so I'm working on that. Right so, now. I mean, what we we found this it's called the Advanced App Team at eBay that does this file exchange. And so, if you called into customer service and said, "Hey, I'd like to see speak with the file exchange Advanced App people," they I think they sit in Salt Lake City too. They they transfer you to them, and they're the nicest people, and they're not real busy because not many people know about them. But well, um, it's, all the group members do now. <laughs> Uh, but so, see, the thing is, you, they can walk you right through it, yeah. and where to go, where it's, to click it. Half the time, they'll just do it for you and send you an email with the file, so you don't even have to worry yeah. about how to do it. You know, especially if you ask them nicely. But but if you want to learn how to do it and you want to be able to do things over and over again, um, they will actually show you how to do it. They'll tell you, you know, how to get to the files and and all that. We actually use File Exchange, you know, because we have thousands of items for sale at any one time. You know, when we take our vacations or go on a cruise or whatever, 
we got to change our handling time for thousands of items. And then we even change it multiple times during our vacation because as we get closer to the end of the vacation, we want to reduce our handling time. <clears throat> so we now use these file uploads to change the handling time. It only takes a few minutes to do it. Good. That's, yeah. that's golden advice. So I'm, I gather you'd recommend we attend eBay Open. Uh, yeah. You'll yeah. definitely learn something. Right. I mean, if, <laughs> like I said, if you've got – even if you're doing 20 or 30% of your business at eBay or you want to grow your eBay business, I mean, a lot of our big Amazon sellers go, um, and even though they're, they're bigger on Amazon than they are on eBay, but they still go. You still learn something. Um, well, like I said, this file exchange, we went to eBay Open last year, a year ago in 2017, and they had just changed Seller Hub. And it used to be you could edit 500 items at a time to change handling time. So like, like you said, we keep our store open. We change the handling time. And if somebody buys something, we say, hey, we're on vacation, even if we're outsourcing or, you know, at eBay, we tell them mm -hmm. we're on vacation. You know, instead tell them, hey, I'm outsourcing, I'm buying stuff. We say, no, we're on vacation. And uh, so we email them, say we're on vacation, and change the handling time and everything. But we were at the show a year ago, and it was, if you've ever tried to change handling time through the bulk edit, it takes sometimes takes a long time. It's doing a little better this year than it used to. But so we, we just, we were so, we were so frustrated, and I couldn't change the handling time. And I called into support and didn't get any help. And so we found these nice people at File Exchange, um, eBay, Advanced Apps, and we have been been their best buddies ever since. You know, I mean, it's like saved our life last year. And uh, you know, but it's just amazing. You know, like when when the pictures disappeared, we that was one of the first people we called into too and said, hey, is there any way you can help us getting our pictures back? And they're like, no. But you know, we we at least tried. You know, it's like, well, it's a pretty powerful yeah. spread. Might as well try. You know, and it, it didn't. It didn't help, but. Um, you were no worse off than when you tried. You know, that's kind of how I look at a lot of stuff. When it's something new or, or different or asking for something, if if I'm not going to be any worse off if they say no, then why not try because they may say yes. You know, that's, yeah. that's yeah. kind of my, my, uh, my view of all of it. So I assume you'll, you'll go again next year. Oh, definitely. Wherever it is, we're going to go find it. <laughs> All right. Well, I would love yeah. to. I think it would, I would love to go. So I'm going to, it's now moved up way higher on my list. Um, yeah. As I think we really need to put eggs in more than one basket and building this back up after I, it's my eBay sales fell because I got lazy. So I need to like get sure. out of that and learn as much about the new eBay as I do know about Amazon now, because I, you know, it's changed so much in just a few years. Yep. And I mean, we're, so we're what, still trying. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Like I said, so I mean, our sales, we used to be 100% eBay and then we were 70, 60% eBay and, and we were back to 100% eBay and now we're, you know, way more than 50% Amazon. But, um, but no, you've got to, got to keep it. And we have also, you know, just the two of us. So, We've we've taken our eye a little bit off of eBay, but even with eBay, we're always trying to do more with less. You know, you know, keep yeah. make as much money as you can while you're spending time on Amazon too. So, um, and you go to these things, and like I said, you learn things that can save you time. Um, it's just yeah, it's just a, it's a wealth of knowledge to you know to go go to eBay open. So do you think eBay wants to be more like Amazon and having standardized catalog pages and stuff, or is that, am I barking up the wrong tree? 
you're not barking up the wrong tree. And uh, I was, uh, you know, doing a little research on this and, and talking to them at, at the show as well. I mean, yes and no. They want to be more like Amazon in the sense that they want to make the buyer experience better and easier because they obviously they can do they can do analysis and they can do research and they can say what makes that person click the click the buy button, you know. Um, and mm -hmm. so they know they make the experience easy. If it's too hard or too confusing, the buyers will go somewhere else. So so from the standpoint uh, of being like Amazon, uh, where Amazon has one page for a product, and you got you know, might have multiple sellers, but you only got one buy box, buy box, and one you know one product page. So like you do a search on eBay, you search for an iPhone case or or an iPhone or whatever. You get thousands and thousands and thousands of listings of the same same thing over and over again, and then you get like some of these sellers where they put fifty listings with the same exact picture up, and yeah. and you're scrolling and scrolling, and you might have a great product, but you're on page two or three because somebody put fifty listings up up in front of you, and now you're on page three, you can't sell yours. So what eBay's doing that to to make the experience better for the buyer, and in a sense it's it's like Amazon. Is they're gonna they're trying to convert to a product page, like Amazon has a product page. So mm -hmm. it'll be a lot of people selling that same product will be on the one page, and they will have a quote unquote a buy box, which is the buy button. But the buy box on on eBay is really different than the buy box on Amazon. So on Amazon, the buy box is whoever's got the lowest price. On eBay, that's not necessarily what it's going to be. And it's not there yet. They're rolling it out in certain products and certain categories. And that's what that's been developed over the last year because they want people to put UPC codes in. Exactly. Exactly. Because that's the only way eBay can figure out what page to put your product on. If you're selling a Canon camera, they got to put it with the right Canon camera on the right page. So when you search for it, there you are. So what they're doing with their product pages is they'll have a buy button, and that buy button won't necessarily be the lowest price. It's it's going to be a lot of variables in it. One thing could be the lowest price. You got the best price. Maybe you got great feedback. You're top rated seller. You happen to be five miles from the person that's buying it, which means you can ship it to them a lot quicker. You might show up in the buy box just because you're closer to the person buying it than somebody else in New York or California or whatever that's selling the same item. And that'll change on every single listing based on every single buyer's experience. So the buy box is not fixed by any one thing. Um, mm -hmm. and, and it may, But the other thing is it might say, you know, here's a price and here's a buy box. But in addition to that, right below it, you know, right in that buy box area, they're gonna have the best price for a used item, best price for a new item, um, they might say uh, maybe a multi-pack, like say is a two, two or three or five of the same thing. They're going to have a multi-pack link. So even though it's a product page, in that area where the buy box is, you're going to have three or four different options of saying, well, I want this one or I want the used one or I want the multi-pack, and, and that's right there. And when you click on multi-pack, it's going to show you the multi-pack listings or whatever. And then if you scroll down the page, right below that is everybody's listing. So everybody's listing is still there. But when you search for something, ultimately long-term, because eBay hasn't rolled it out to everything yet, is you will come to a product page. It will look kind of similar to Amazon. 
but you're going to have more options and it's going to be optimized for the buyer experience based on where that buyer is and maybe what his interests are, you know? Um, so that's, that's, so how, you know, does, how, how will something like product description and the stuff we, we write in now that I love that we have control about what we say over a product. Is it going to be now generic or mixed up or what if somebody who has the buy box has crappy description and that's what shows up? Yeah, it's going to be a little bit of both. Um, Although it won't be the crap, it'll be the optimized description that eBay has created based on everybody's input over time, I guess. But the very bottom of that page will be all the listings. Right. So, so if they click on your listing, they're going to get your, your description, description and your details. Okay. But any okay. product that comes up first is basically once they have the UPC code, you know, eBay can get from Canon, they could get the description of the Canon camera, and that's going to be right. Yeah, a standard optimized thing that you know makes the most sense for that product. It's it, and if it's something new that maybe doesn't have a lot of history, then maybe they can compile uh, descriptions from multiple um, vendors to kind of compile that over time to basically make the best you know version of that over time, and it and it evolves I guess over time. But ultimately. Uh, once they choose either one of the choices up top or at the bottom when they scroll down to your listing, they'll actually see your listing with whatever details you put in. But it actually is going to be much easier as time goes on for you to list things. Just like it's easy for you to list something on Amazon, all you got to do is put a UPC code or an ASIN number in, and then boom, the listing's there. Now you send your item in. You don't have to make a description. You don't have to take pictures or anything. That's going to be the same thing with eBay. What you, they're going to make it easier for you the same way. You'll put the UPC code in and say, I want to list this Canon camera. They already got the product page with all the description. They got beautiful photos. You say, I'm selling mine. It's brand new. I'm selling mine used, whatever. And then, boom, you can sell it without typing a word, without taking a picture. So the example that uh, they like to use a lot at eBay is called a Nest thermostat, N-E-S-T thermostat. Yeah. If you type that into an eBay search box, You'll see, because this is one of the first, uh, in, in the beginning of the year, they talked about, you know, people in certain categories, humidifiers or certain things. One was the Nest thermostat. And so when eBay opened, when they started talking about catalog, they mentioned, so if you type Nest thermostat into a search bar, you'll see mm -hmm. kind of what we're talking about, what it's kind of going to look like. Obviously, it's easy with a Nest thermostat because it's a UPC. It's a pretty simple product. There's not that many generations. A lot harder mm -hmm. with a lot of the other stuff we sell. So um, I, we, I just I can see if from my point of view I don't like this. I love having total control over what I say because you know you've seen how many bad listings on Amazon that take forever to get fixed. You know it's like this is going to be something to keep an eye on. Yeah, right. Like I'm just looking at this listing that Sharon brought up on the Nest thermostat, <clears throat> and it has. This is just like in a regular, you know, search. So it has multiple uh, thermostats. So this is not even on the product page yet. But off to the right, it says more, uh, more from other sellers, 222. So there's 222 people selling that exact UPC item. And it says brand new. Can you go back? To the, I'm reading the thing okay. here. Okay. It says brand new and it has the price you can click on if you want a brand new item. And it'll show you all the brand new options. Then it has pre-owned. It has a price there. You click on that. You go to all the pre-owned ones. Then they have new other, whatever new other is. Maybe that's refurbished or whatever. You click on that. Yeah. You can go to those. Below that, it says 72 out of the 222 accepting best offers. 
So if you want to do a best offer, you click on that one. It brings you to the 72 that will accept the best offer. And below that, it says 37 auctions available. So out of the 222, there's 37 auctions. You click on that, you can see just the auctions on that item. And this is just on the search page. This is even before you get to the mm -hmm. product page. That's what's available to you. So you could go right into it. Now, if you're one of the 37 people um, doing an auction, you've just eliminated like, you know, three quarters of your competition because they clicked on auctions and you're one of 37 people doing an auction. You know, so from that standpoint, they're going to, uh, buyers are going to get to your listing quicker because they're going to have a direct link on that first search page right to the auctions and stuff, if that's what they want. Yeah, I can see there's lots of pluses. I can see the one thing that just makes my stomach churn is this, how they're going to compile descriptions and stuff um, for products. You know, hopefully well, well, they'll go to the manufacturer's page and not, like, compile it from 12 idiots who are selling it on eBay, you know? They use the manufacturer's uh, information first wherever possible, and that's why they want the UPC code because then they could, they could populate that pretty easily because they make relationships with the manufacturers or whatever. But we also heard, uh, and obviously eBay has laid off some employees, um, but the what as – sellers we we've been concerned and some people did get up in the question and answer ser uh, sessions and some of like the talking about this catalog you know what we're talking product pages and they said look i'm not selling as much i'm having trouble getting visibility or somebody saying i'm selling one but my listing got stuck on a two-pack and my uh, buyer getting two so yeah well, that's why they're rolling it out slow because they're yeah. still working on the software and they're still compiling stuff and trying to make it optimized and it's not it's not going to happen very quickly it might be a couple of years down the road but they have a few product pages like that that nest thermostat you can look at to kind of get an idea of what it's going to be like in the future maybe and that might be two okay, years well, down the road. yeah we've only done it in a few categories like electronics where they got thousands and thousands and thousands of listings when you type in a search word you know, they're trying to make it easier for people to find product. Yeah, I, I, I totally get where they're coming from. I do. They're, um, you know, having been at this since 1996, um, you can see the progression of changes and, and where they're going. But, you know, there's always a concern when anything changes for everybody. You know, you just, you just wonder, how is it going to change my business? Fortunately, I sell a ton of stuff where I get to type in that UPC code box does not apply because they don't have UPC yeah. codes. So hopefully right. that will protect me from the idiots. <laughs> to a certain degree, yes. Yeah. <laughs> to a certain yeah. degree, yeah. Okay, right. good point. <laughs> yeah. So, so, I mean, so there's things that don't have ahead. UPC codes or won't fit in categories or and you're going to have your own listing. People that sell antiques or other things that don't have UPC codes are still going to have their own listings. It's not like that stuff's going to be hidden from view or anything. It all—it's really for the stuff that's mass produced and mass right. sold. Thousands and thousands of listings under the same UPC code on 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 eBay. If you got two different thermostats, I want to see the second brand. I don't want to have to go to page three to see the second brand of thermostat when I got a hundred. I, I get you know the same one over and over again. You know what I mean? Kind of like where Amazon says. You know, this is a related item down below. You could see like the next generation model or whatever, that kind of idea. So you can you can do it. I think for like as you say, mass produced consumer products, 
it's the ideal situation. It's it's those outlying things that is going to be interesting so, to see what shakes out. We're going to roll back around to your original question is, yes, they're trying to be like Amazon, but no, they're really not. So they're doing, they're, 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 they know there's certain things that Amazon does that works and gets the sale. Obviously, you can see you get a lot more sales on certain things than Amazon needs to do eBay, but because they make it easier for the buyer to buy that one item that they want. And so they're trying to make the experience better, but they're also trying to, you know, uh, be different also. So they're, so the buy box is not necessarily going to be the lowest price. It's going to take in a lot of different variables. Mm-hmm. And hopefully as this moves on, they will let us know what their variables are, unlike Amazon. Um, so we can adapt. I mean, I bet handling time's got to be part of it. You know, shorter handling time is going to rank higher. Free shipping is going to rank higher. Those are kind of right. the two obvious ones. Right. And I think that, you know, that's one of the things that they're having a tough time competing or is two-day shipping with Prime. It's hard for a lot of people to get the item shipped in two days. But if you're closer to the to the buyer, you could more likely get it there quicker. Um, you know, because you're closer, you know, the shipping time is less. So right, right. advantages to that. So was there anything you learned or have learned about what we should be doing in writing our listings to help them show up in search? Yeah. You learned about the don't put things in other. That was a big one. But anything else? Yeah. I, I One thing I wanted to touch on was um, – one of the uh, workshops that I actually did go to was a Google workshop and it was very interesting. And that, that's one of the reasons I wanted to make sure I, I got there because we had Google employees that were actually telling you straight up, this is what you need to do if you want to show up on Google. And this kind of applies not just for eBay, but still apply for Amazon, anything else when you're doing titles and things. So a couple of okay. things that first off, I thought was very interesting that just some tidbits here. The first thing I found out is that eBay Submits every single listing on eBay gets submitted to uh, submitted to Google for Google search. So doesn't whatever listing you put out there is going to get submitted, and they actually pay money to Google for Google AdWords, so they actually advertise these listings, which I thought was pretty interesting because that's millions of dollars. But the thing is that I was surprised at is Google then rejects seventeen percent of every single eBay listing that's submitted, 17% of them are rejected by Google. And there was a couple of reasons that stood out. Well, one of the reasons is bad photos. So bad photos is one reason why you're not gonna show up in Google or you're gonna be very low down on the search. So a couple of things that they mentioned about images was obviously a white background is best. Um, if you had to use something other than a white background, like you're selling a white item, you could use a black or gray background. Those are the next two best ones. But really to stay away from any colored background because from a Google standpoint and from search history, most people won't click on them if it's a, a different color. They click on white the most. I think black is second, maybe gray is third, and then all the other colors don't get clicked on as much. And so, so Google won't put you high in search if you have a bad picture. Another thing that they considered a bad picture and they'll reject your listing right away is if you're selling a shirt, um, don't put a picture of three shirts there as your pri primary image. Because you're selling one shirt, it should be a picture of one shirt. If you're selling three different colors, you still don't put three colors in the primary picture. Your primary picture should be the color of the shirt you're selling for each variation. 
but your very first primary picture should be one color shirt. Maybe it's your best color or whatever. But if you have, if you're selling one shirt and your picture shows three shirts or shows other things in the picture that aren't related to what you're selling as a primary picture, Google will reject your listing completely. I mean, it doesn't even matter what your title is. That just that was very interesting to me is that how much they weed out a lot of these listings just from the photo. The other right, thing so basically about, use, we should use Amazon rules for our eBay photos, which I use the same for both, yeah, white background, it's, it's, only it's the cool. image. So that's, right. that's a good rule for everybody to follow. You know, Amazon rules even for eBay images. If you can move, remove the background and make it white, you know, if you take the picture in different settings or whatever, if you can remove the background, that would help you a lot. Um, as far as the title goes, what Google says, they want a title that's between 70, 80 characters is optimum. You know, obviously eBay allows you up to 80. So you want to use as many of those characters as you can in that title. And, and the more, the better, because that'll help Google like that. More keywords and all okay. that. Um, the other thing that the, as far as the title structure, they recommend you put the brand name first and then whatever the product is whether it's a camera or a phone, whatever, and then any attributes after that third. So the attributes could be color, could be size, could be the type of material, could be a quantity if you're selling more than one. That goes towards the towards the end of the listing or the title. Um, and you basically want to make sure the title is readable and in a logical order. You know, the, it doesn't have to be a perfect sentence, but it, you want to make sure it kind of rolls off the, the tongue a little bit because people are reading these just putting a bunch of keywords in there that aren't related is not very uh, user-friendly and won't show up as good in Google search. And I think that applies for anything, whether it's on Amazon or eBay. But that was uh, also something I took out of that. Um, and you could actually see uh, um, these uh, workshops now are online. So you could actually see that Google workshop that I was in um, and, and get even more detailed in here. These are just kind of the highlights that I wrote down because I thought they were really important. Um, but um, I think that's pretty much it on the on, as far as Google goes for search and the titles. Just those few things was really, and and it was amazing the percentage that they they rejected because of either a photo or a bad title. The other thing that's bad for the title is special characters. You want to stay away away from, um, you know, exclamation points and little at symbols and percentage signs and all these different weird characters that people think get people's attention. Uh, Google doesn't like that, and that'll either make your, your listing not show up or they'll put it way down on the bottom of the list. Like the the um, ampersands for O's and the word look. That one, oh, my right, God. Right. You know, nobody's going right. to search on that. Well, we, we actually so, had things like we said 100% silk, and I thought that was fine, but we took out the percent sign, too. Um, we have oh, really, like, oh, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. So what about the inch mark? Cause I use yeah. that a lot. Yeah, we do too. We left it in okay. because we looked at okay, our listing too. And said, yeah. I mean, what are you going to do if you have inch or feet or, you know, something like that, you'll be abbreviation of right. the little character. Some of those are less of an issue. I think that like a, like an inch thing, but, um, <clears throat> they say sometimes if you want to put anything, you write the word out inch, I N C H. The other thing, okay. uh, I think Mary, asked the question about Google rejecting black. Now, this was a Google employee that was telling us this, but obviously you don't want to use black if it doesn't make sense. But if you're if you're selling a white item, 
you can't put it on a white uh, background because it just won't show up. It's got to be able to, to you got to be able to see the item and see some detail. So if black really works good with the item being a white item or something, Google is, I believe, and even gray was the other version, depending on what you could do, is to make sure you can see the item, but it's got to be visible. I mean, they said black and gray were the next two behind white. They definitely said stay away from red, yellow, blue, all these other crazy colors, he said. And they got years and years of research on what who clicks on what image and, and what sells, what doesn't sell. And based on that, they say stay away from the colored backgrounds. But black and gray I, I, is a zone. I don't click on colored backgrounds. It drives me crazy. Because no matter what you think, it doesn't show your item to best advantage. Right. But um, is the workshops available? Uh, maybe there's something I missed, or maybe I misunderstood him. But that was the way I understood the coloring on the backgrounds. Because I was really surprised that they were rejecting images, um, you know, for various reasons. You wouldn't think a, an image, but but with mobile phones and all that, a lot of times that's the first thing people see is, is the image. Um, especially when you're searching on your phone for, for buying something. And so it has to look good on your phone, that image, and that background has to be good, and the image better be what you're you're selling, not other things in the image. Um, and so that's, you know, that's kind of what they were saying. Okay, well, good to know. So is there any hints for, like, our description that we should know or things we should stay away from? Or is the title the critical? The title was the most critical, the title and the images, at least that's what they discussed. They didn't really get into description too much, but I think, <clears throat> I don't think, um, I don't think you want to do a lot of fancy, you know, HTML and formatting and all this other stuff. I mean, you could use bullet points and you could, you know, make it, you want to make it easy to read. If you just put like, you know, 30 lines of block text, no one's going to read it because it's not easy to read. But if you put like, a sentence and a couple of bullet points, kind of like Amazon again. Go look at what Amazon's doing with the bullets. I mean, sure, they have a description on Amazon, but it's way at the bottom. And actually, some people are saying they're not even using it for search as much anymore, the description, because they use the title and the bullet points for probably the majority of your keywording on Amazon right now. So, you know, Google's kind of doing the same thing. You got a good title, you got the description has to be kind of readable and it's got to be easy to see. Um, if the And again, you're looking on your phone. If I got 30 lines of block text on my phone that's tiny, tiny font, I'm not even going to bother looking at it. But if I got a I'm couple of points, the size, the color, the this and that, I can see that on my phone real easy. And that's going to, and you're going to show up good in Google search with that. Okay, good. One thing I noticed in making these new listings is the mobile checker. Um, on the eBay create a listing page. That's really nice to know because even though I had put the uh, description in the box, you know, using their things, there must have been some hidden junk somewhere when I copied and pasted and it said we need to fix this and you can just click it and they fix it. So that was nice. Yes, that's handy. Yeah, and I know so, and eBay, I, eBay does try to keep your HTML out and stuff and so occasionally they'll even give you on your seller hub, they'll give you suggestions like, you know, you need to ch change this listing. It's got a link or like, you know, what you brought in from Vendio. And so then exactly. you have to go, got to go find and get it out of there. Most of the HTML that we had to fix for eBay had all Vendio code mm -hmm. in the back. 
Bingo. That's me. Yeah. 439 yeah. listings. It was exactly. Zendio code. Right. All you do is copy and paste. You think you're just pasting the text. You're actually pasting all that code that's in the back. You know what I found after I did all this? This is kind of really, really funny to mention. After I did it all, I found a program called Paste Plain Text. And it was, I think it was either free or 99 cents. I, it's on the Mac. I, it might be on Windows too. And basically, if um, it will just strip everything out of whatever you copy and paste it in without any of it. And I thought, where that's were you cool. when I needed you, buddy? So that's called paste plain text. So that might help somebody else who's in kind of the same situation that, that doesn't want to carry over all that formatting. Yeah, so also with one other, oh, go a, ahead. Uh, just one other tidbit on the eBay um, selling hub page. You scroll down to the bottom. If you have any problems with any of your listings, <clears throat> you know there's a there's a, a link there where you can click on it, and it'll tell you which items need HTML removed and which items um, might have special characters that need to be removed. Or, or if there's any problems with any particular listings, you can actually find that on the bottom. Yeah, it's in the gross tab in the bottom middle section. Now, well, if you didn't move it around, I didn't yeah. move mine around. So. Yeah, you can move your tabs around, but it's in the growth section on the Seller Hub page on eBay. Um, and then there's a link there. You, it tells you the quantity, and that quantity is actually a link. You click on it, it'll bring you right to the listings that have an issue, and then you could fix the problems. Now, anytime you fix something like that, it's going to help you show up in search better. So. Okay, so that's another thing to put on your list to do. Um, I, I now am a firm believer that if you spend spend the time on eBay and do it right, the sales are there. Um, it's just that, you know, if you're like me and got lazy and just let things float along with good to canceled listings, that's not working. So oh, don't be like the me. Other thing, they, in, in, in this, you know, where you review the, the your listings and things, and they did this last year where they call it stagnant and stale. And um, mm -hmm. what we started doing is if our listings got any more than four, five, six months old, I end them and relist them. Now, obviously, it be nice to look at them and, you know, and that kind of thing, maybe take new pictures. But at least if you, you get it ended and you start a new listing, it, it, it then at least it, it, eBay says, oh, I see something new, whether it's new or not, mm -hmm. you know. But at least it's got a new item number. So... You know, I know last year at the eBay Open, we had like half our stuff were like, you know, a year old or more and hadn't sold, you know, just really old stuff. And, um, you know, of course, if nobody wants to buy it, they're still not going to buy it. But sometimes just, you know, what you did is revise the listings and, you know, re fix them up and everything. But even just ending them and, and relisting them brand new, you know, does help. In your search. Okay, so I have several things that say this item hasn't sold in 12 months, da 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 da. So I, six, that, I will do that. Months. I will end those and start yeah. those oh, over. Yeah, definitely. If it says it hasn't sold in 16 months, is what, what it says down there in the banner, it's a long time. You definitely, at okay. the minimum, bring it back. Um, if okay, you have, more homework. If, yeah, yeah. It's, but what I actually, what I started doing now is every morning, that's the first thing I do. I take a look at them because if you um, if they're ready to come up, like they're going to come up in a few hours or the next day or so, you're going to you're going to pay for the relisting. So if you take a look at them and say, "Wow, they're going to come up in six hours," if I end it and relist it, you know, then you don't have to pay another listing credit, like if it's in the middle of the month or whatever. And then it then oh, it just keeps point. your yeah it keeps your workload down. 
some days I have a lot more because maybe I ended a bunch that previous six months or so many months or a year mm-hmm. ago or whatever. So, but I look at them every day, you know, and I go down the list and if they're old, if they haven't, right now I'm looking for things that said 2017 that I haven't sold. Um, if, if it says they've sold some, well, I don't know exactly when they sold. Sometimes it's hard to tell that in eBay, but if at least it's sold a couple things here and there, I leave them alone. Because you also, if what we what we see, and maybe you see this too, because you have a lot of the same, um, you know, many multi quantity. If if somebody buys it, then it moves up in search, and then somebody buys yes. it again. It takes the velocity takes off. So yes. those are the ones you do not want to list. Even if they say they go back to 2012, it does not matter. You leave them alone. You don't end them. If it if it if you've got sales, you can go and edit them if you want to yeah. update them at some point or put a new picture or whatever. But never end it if you get in sales on that item. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's good to know. The other thing is is when you end that item, it disappears off of Google because Google has a link to that original item. And as long as it's continuing to sell, Google has a good link that'll stay good forever. But as soon as you relist it, the old listing has gone off of Google, and now you got to make a brand new listing on Google now. So again, now you're now competing. You got, yeah. Right. But but you're starting so all over. Sales and you're doing something right. You want to leave it. Don't don't end it because that's going to break the link to Google as well. Great to know, guys. That hour went faster than I could imagine. I just looked up and realized it's four minutes after the hour. Can we have you back on again sometime soon? Sure. We're a wealth of knowledge. knowledge. You are. You guys are. I'd like to talk about, like, your more eBay stuff, but also how you view trade shows and how you work trade shows, because you've done a lot of them, I know. So. Basically doing wholesale. So we got the whole wholesale angle. We're doing Amazon big time now too. So we got lots of different perspectives. Private label. We got some private label products coming. Oh from yes, yes, yes. I'll we message you later and we'll we'll set a date. Yeah, sounds good. And you've been to China doing your private label? Uh well, we, we we've gone to China on vacation and we did visit one of our suppliers, our private label suppliers. We have not gone to, um, you know, to uh, Canton, Canton Fair. Fair or We're not, mm-hmm. not ready. To no, not yet. Step. We might wait till all these tariffs and things straight. Yeah, but first. <laughs> we've got it on our radar. You know, if, if yeah. we think it's useful to go to Canton Fair, we will be there. Sure. But there's plenty of sourcing that so. can be done over here, though, at the moment. So we're doing good with uh, that. That's, so. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. There's always stuff to sell. You just have to find it, you know. So thank you both so much. And Sharon, I'm very sorry about the mispronunciation and the misname. I apologize tremendously. I'm so sorry. Oh, don't but you guys were, you were awesome. There, there was somebody that, that had the name Linda on the chat board. So you saw the name Linda on the chat board and you went with it. That's I must okay. have. I must yeah. have. So anyway, thank you for taking time out of your day. I know you're busy and I appreciate it. I know everybody else appreciates it. And just to remind everybody, the podcast will go up pretty much almost immediately to listen to it the same link and link. And then in, in about a day, they actually have a transcript of it where they, they automatically transcribe it. So if you'd want to pull that up on your phone and just read the notes, um, that can help too. I, I looked at both of them and they're not bad considering. So uh, we will see you all in the Facebook group and um, happy sourcing everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? 
Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.